everyone. So, one of the conundrums, one of the most <laughs> difficult things about trauma is that home is hell. Home is hell. Now, usually you go home so you can be safe and protected, right? You're running back home to feel the embrace and love and safety. But with trauma, <coughs> turns out home is hell. That's potentially one of the most difficult uh, wrangles to get out of. It turns out that the place that's supposed to be safe and loving and caring actually is a place where the monster roams. Very, very difficult to get out of hell. Another thing is that, um, so that's, you know, trauma then, you know, gets covered up, etc. Another thing about this is if there's trauma early on, you're kind of buried in the belly of the beast, right? So you're branded there like an animal. You know, they singe them with, a, with fire. And it's, you're in the belly and it's in you. All the terror, all the fear is literally graffitied on your system and you take on the um, versions of the monstrosity or the horror that happened. So when I look back I have a lot to apologize for because I was bait. I took on the characteristics of this evil um, through fear and I didn't do anything awful but I wasn't present to anything right again it's like um, the concentration camps where the you know they the, the Nazis choose one of the Jews to decide which Jew goes into the gas chamber right so they're going to die anyway. Now that's when they're an adult, right? It's, it's, it's a horrible position to be in, imagine, right? You're going to die anyway, so what are you going to do? As a child, it's, it's much, much worse because you're barely here. And the trick is bigger. Because they're pretending to be your parent, but then they beat the shit out of you, then they're nice, and then they're not nice, and they're... The volatility is harrowing, to say the least. But you're actually in hell. When I think about it, everybody's on, you know, we're all on a search for something, to have more money, to be thinner, to be prettier, to be richer, to be something, to not have. Yeah, everybody's looking for the something else. You're looking to escape your position and to grow into something else or to become the something else. <clears throat> if you're trapped by trauma, you don't even know when it's early on. And it, it, to me, it was like, it was all over me. It was like I was walking in this, I think about those cartoons, you know, 
and this moving cloud of shit. Like, I was just in the belly of the beast. Owned, smothered. You know, when I look back at some of the things I've had to relive, I just, and I see this man like my own parent, like trying to be the big boy because he's got a child to give away to be sexually abused. It's just horrific. Well, I had no notion of any of this, right? That's home. You have to make home home. Although it seems like my whole life I've been looking for home. Certainly was, wasn't where I thought it was. So, it's interesting because in the Zen tradition they have this thing called the ox herding um, process. And it's basically, it's this little guy, you know, Japanese guy or Asian guy that is out there, doesn't realize that, you know, he's carrying this ox or it's chasing him and then eventually ends up, sub, you know, subverting the box and then sitting on the fox. And it's the same idea. It's like you have to undo your trauma. You have to undo your conditioning to return home. Freedom is the undoing of conditioning that refused your life, that refused your authenticity. So if you're living in trauma, you're living in attachment because you've got to build something that bridges the gap, that's a defense mechanism that gets you evolution or life. Right? It's either life or death, there's nothing in between. And when you're a child, you can't see any of it. It's just a massive, rolling, you know, cloud of darkness that just moves in and that you're stuck inside. You can't see what or where you are because of terror, or you're frozen by terror, you're graffitied with fear, you know, the threat is all around and over you and in you and outside of you and you have no idea that you're living in the belly of the monster. And then you're going to do its bidding or you're agreeing and creating what it needs to survive. <coughs> the process of healing or of cleansing and, you know, the Shipibo, who are the ones who administer the ayahuasca, they're like, to me, they have the power of, like, the most powerful star, which is the R136 or something in the universe. It's like that you're stuck inside of all this wiring and this darkness, and you can't see where you are. That's why people say they're stuck. If there's a big <clears throat> overwhelm, a big freezing early on from severe trauma, from pure terror, from lack of safety, from abuse, from whatever. You can't see the whole picture. You can't see that you're shrouded, branded, graffitied by terror. You can't see the people that did it. <clears throat> because remember, in your little brain, you had to make them work. So along with the freezing by terror, there's also the agreement by terror. So I am paralyzed by pure terror, 
but I'm also having to agree by pure terror. Right? In that paralysis is agreement. If I'm frozen and I can't respond, I'm agreeing. <clears throat> I can't challenge it because I'm frozen. Again, you're three, you're four, you're five. Frozen. To challenge it, <clears throat> imagine it's just a tableau. It's just one frozen still from a movie. It's a frozen child and the monster, which is the adult. That's it. You're just right there all day, every day. It's, the threat is all around you, all over you. You're in the, you know, and you're frozen there. That's, it's like an energy that you're frozen in. Imagine sort of a million years of ice, right? You're just frozen there. <clears throat> and even as you grow and you age and whatever, you're just living in a threat. It doesn't matter what you're doing. The threat, the background radiation, it's like the, you know, the death of a star, is just pulse it. You can't, you don't remember. <clears throat> you can't see it. It's like, <clears throat> it's like a fish in a fishbowl. doesn't know it's in a fishbowl. In the same way, trauma, you might, you know, cover it in different ways, right? You might, um, you, know, you know, build an orchid garden over your trauma, but the trauma is still there. The threat is still there. <clears throat> so people say, oh, I'm stuck, I don't know, I can't get rid of this. It's, well, because it's the, the background radiation is trauma, and it's an energy, it's frozen in the same way that ice is frozen. The terror might be horrifically overwhelming. It certainly was for me. So, <clears throat> you're being defrosted so you can face the monster, see what happened. And in the stages of dissolution, the graffitied energy field, the branded version of you is, is surfaced. And with me, it's this huge energetic being that's energy, that's just terror, that's being pulled out like an endless snake. But it's a being okay. It's, a, it's an energy. It's, a, it's in me. It's huge. And hopefully not endless. So, but finally, <clears throat> it's like that Buddha story, you know, where the guy is blindfolded and he's touching the elephant and he's touching the tail and then he don't, doesn't quite know and then he's touching the leg. And, and then finally, he gets it. It's a, an elephant. Right? It's the same thing with trauma. You're blinded by terror, which is a term, just shuts you down, blacks you out. You're frozen there. The background radiation of your whole life is just terror, it's just panic in some form, even though it may be d diminished panic, but it's always threat, 
panic. And what that threat and panic refuses is your connection to yourself. So when a trauma happens, it literally breaks the circuit between you and you, which is you and the universe, which is you and divinity, you and this whole thing. So if you're an orphan of the universe, which is really what you are, because you're stolen, because you're shut down by terror, well, you're at the mercy of terror, right? And especially if it's happening in your own home where you're supposed to, you know, where your roots are supposed to plant, where you're supposed to find safety and love and affection and care. And there is no home. There's nothing. And in fact, now there's even more confusion because hell is home. So, there are stages to this seeing. And to actually seeing, this is the thing about the ayahuasca, that finally, the more you see the whole thing, that's what the ayahuasca is doing. As it's cleansing you, you're no longer the little dot of terror inside the belly of the beast. She pulls you out of the beast and shows you the beast. So that you're far away, you're seeing it from a distance. You're no longer living inside its clutches. And you live inside its clutches when you don't go and face what happened. I will remain a, <clears throat> a prisoner and shut down and terrified if I don't know what happened. If I've, I'm so, I've spent so many years disconnected from it that you've forgotten the origin of everything because you're so far away from it because the terror happened early on and you've been on the run. Your whole system is just terrified, frozen, in agreement and then building the agreement day after day. You're building the person at once, right? <clears throat> they want you to be a crocodile, you're really an orchid. You just keep inventing this crocodile that you're not. By the time you've been doing it for 40 years, you're so far away from your you know, orchid that you believe that you are the crocodile. I mean, it feels wrong, it's upside down, everything's, you know, nothing works, relationships suck, you know. But you're there, you're, getting a, you're, you're making it happen. For the crocodile to exist, there has to be enormous amounts of background radiation of terror. So you're far away from all of it. It's all fragmented. You're fragmented. You have no notion of anything. <clears throat> you're just pieces floating in the ocean. You know, you've got a bit of some, a, the boat blew up. They're fragments, you know, so there's a sort of, you know, the hull of the ship over here, there's a sail over there, it's all blown. You can't see the whole ship. You're just, you know, it's all in different pieces and you're floating in fragments. The ayahuasca is going to clean that all up. But she has to penetrate each piece of you 
to release and so you begin to put back the picture. It's like a, a broken mirror, right? She's going to put back the pieces so you can see. And it's energetic. But one of the things is <clears throat> the more you see of the whole picture, so one minute you're in the basement when the terror happens and then suddenly you're in a drone when you're healing. You can, you're, you're, you're looking down on the landscape. You're seeing how it was all put together. The more you are putting it together, the freer you are. In other words, you're leaving Zombie Island. You can only leave Zombie Island when you're fully under, first of all, that you're, you're no, you can't be, you're, you're leaving it because you're coming back together. As you return the pieces and you get to see the truth, they can no longer have power over you. The only way somebody has power, like an elephant stepping on a little tiny mouse, and you're the mouse, is if you remain inside the belly of the beast in that frozen, terrified state in agreement with it <clears throat> and relentlessly building the falsehood of you in the terror and the fear that you won't die. That's a very big equation. But basically, you're out of your consciousness and in theirs, in the dark. All right? So you have to return to the scene of the crime, the events that happened. You have to defrost your child that got frozen there, that's been smothered in now centuries of ice. You have to go face the foreigner, the invader, the monster. You have to get out of the belly of the monster by really seeing it for what it is. So you have to remove all your fantasies and everything, every mechanism that you used to survive. And mine was fantasy. I had to, you know, every day was transposing music, putting it into another octave. You know, trying to make hell into Disneyland. It was a real struggle, right? I've got to make the character of evil good. And it's a relentless cleansing by the ayahuasca. Um, if you're willing to commit to doing the work. Ultimately, the defrosting means you leave. You get your power back. You're at a distance from the events. You can see the people for who they are. The child, if it's being hurt, abused by an adult, <clears throat> is frozen in that terror, still sees the adult as the parent. So there's this infantilized version of you that's frozen, that's kept frozen by a perimeter of terror and fear. The energy that's keeping you frozen is the terror. So if I were to put a spell on you, it would be the spell of terror for a child, right? If I had a magic wand and wanted to own a child, I'd put, the, cast, the spell I'd put on it would be terror because that terror will freeze the child and then the child will be mine, her soul will be mine because in that terror, she will do whatever I say. Now, you don't realize <coughs> that you're not home. There is no home. That's a very big place to come to. 
there was no home. Home is not a place. It's a state of heart. People say of mind, of heart. It's where you're loved, where you're embraced, where you're protected. And as I said, a parent is not a person. It's the one that attends and loves you. Could be a parrot, could be a monkey, could be a palm tree. A parent is an energy. A parent is an energy of unconditional love. And so no matter what you do, no matter how you grow, whatever the universe you show up with, that magnificent thing, polka dotted, six tails, five heads, blue, is the universe. I remember the story of a friend who was out in, um, I think it was Nigeria, and um, he went deep into this area, and. He was saying, you know, they'd never seen a white person before. And they brought out this albino, al albino kid. Like, and he was a god because he was an albino, right, in their, their tribe. Everything must be accepted. But if you show up and someone you know, shuts you down. <clears throat> it's a refusal of life. You are being refused. This is what I see most of the time with people who are in trauma, is, you know, that you're not enough. You're not it. There's something else that you need to be because what you are is just not it. Who the fuck told them? You're not born with that. <clears throat> you learn that. You're actually born with tons of potential. Like, the whole fucking universe is inside of you. So, you know, what's not to love, right? So it's a Houdini act. It's a very clever Houdini trick. And that's why I feel like I've been in some kind of test. Like, I'm going to put you in the most, you know, difficult straitjacket now. Can you get out of it? And the test is love. The test is love. How much are you willing to love yourself? How much are you willing to commit to cleanse yourself? How much love is in you? Now, I have no forgiveness at this present moment for any of them especially for him. And I don't believe that you get to anything as of, you know, being pressured into it. You have to, the one thing I learned, what's, it's a learning is be honest with whatever is showing up. If it's horrific, sit in the horror of it. If it's nice, sit in the niceness of it. But don't cover it up. Because one of my, um, my, my coping strategies, my mechanisms for survival is, I am not going to see this. 
Didn't like it, didn't happen. My friend just said, didn't like it, didn't happen. <clears throat> didn't like it, still happening. And not only is it still happening, but you're imprisoned by it. So you think you're being very clever by refusing it, but in fact you're not because you're still in prison. You may not want to acknowledge it, but you're stuck there until you do. You may not see it maybe in the dark, but you're, you're still in prison. You're still shackled up like a Houdini trick. So I had so many layers of fantasy and refusal and, you know, that it took quite a lot of carpet bombing for me to fully, you know, return back. And it's so funny because I wrote a book called Walking Home. But actually, it was walking away from the horror I grew up with. There was no home. No home. No love, no home. I don't care what they give you, you know, Chanel bags, Prada shoes, a Ferrari. The material does not make up for love. It's a lazy man's way of dealing with children, right? Oh, I can't be with you or take care of you or love you, but you know, here's a Ferrari. That should make you, that should, that should, that should do it. And that was very much what I grew up with. It was like, you know, <clears throat> I'm gonna abuse you. I'm gonna, you know, use you. I'm gonna shut you down. But you know, oh, here's a, here's a nice rack, tennis racket. That should cover the costs of all the failures. Can't, it doesn't, it's just more confusion. It's more just heap on the, on the, you know, it's more shit on the heap of crap. So love is a gift. Unconditional love. And if, if anything, if there's a lesson to be learned is, you know, the freedom is, is, is getting love back. What's missing from all of it is that one essence. And it's, it is interesting that we're all trying to, you know, live our best life. What does that mean? For me, it seems like to live your most authentic life. The most authentic life. Now, I've been in the psych ward of the universe for the last five years. Six years, I think, now. You know, I was, like, brought to a standstill. I was like, okay, we're not moving until we get... We pickaxe this ice until it's all melted. And we see everything. Once there's a clearing, and it takes a while, because it's like, literally, I said, it's like finding Waldo. It's like... <clears throat> being in a in a cloud of bees you know once the stadium is empty and it takes a while to empty out imagine a stadium of like you know 50,000 people <clears throat> that's what it's like emptying out trauma you're packed inside of there you can't find your way out you don't know which way to be 
You don't even know you're stuck there. And it's like the universe. It's just you're just, you know, slammed in between ten zillion things, which are all energies and terror and whatever. And the ayahuasca is cleansing all of those connections out of you. And so there's more hearing, like you can only truly begin to reconnect with yourself when all of the distraction and all of the noise is gone. That's a lot of noise if you've been, you know, held hostage for a long time. And you've reinvented them and you've reinvented yourself and you know. So there's a not trust you don't know what that looks like. Like I was saying yesterday, you know, you go back to being you, but there's no reflection of you. There's no parents. And that's what parents do. Parents reflect you, and then in that reflection you grow, right? The more they love you, the deeper the roots, the more powerful your branches, the more of you shows up, right? You're not scared of who you are because you've been loved into existence. I think that's really it. You're loved into existence. If you're not loved into existence and you're just, you know, basically stampeded and thrown into the belly of the beast and you're sort of scrambling about and you're terrified and you're frozen and you're, you're basically being held captive, right? So two options. I can either bring my juju of love and give you, you know, the elixir of life or I can bring you my juju of poison and terrify you, freeze you, paralyze, hold you hostage, and never let you out into life. Never no, give you, the, give you the, the reflection of yourself, which is, you know, pure evil. So now you're left with a daunting task, and you don't even know it, of having to you know, go face the dragon that took you. And I say it in metaphorical terms, but you know what I'm talking about, right? They didn't give you love, they gave you terror. Love is freedom, terror is paralysis. Terror is the sting of a scorpion. So for you to, it's like, okay, now you're in a maze of darkness with ghoulies and dragons and terror and, and you're frozen. And now you've got to figure your way out of this thing. As you're leaving, as you're finally getting to the sort of the final stretch of the race, of the game, which is you're putting it all together. You're beginning to see, oh, I was trapped here and this guy was really a piece of evil and blah, blah. And all your layers of fantasy and survival coping strategies are being stripped down. Like they don't, none of them work. What you're doing is you're really, as you, okay, so if fear is a paralyzer, as you gain courage, you begin to switch off the, you know, the fantasy lights. You don't have to keep putting filters on these monsters. You can take the filters off and begin to see them for who they are. 
because now you have the courage to face them and to say, you know, hey, you weren't really this wonderful, caring parent. You, you know, you were an abuser, a horrible, evil piece of shit. Right? Big difference, by the way. <laughs> so you're turning off your coping mechanisms. This is what you're really doing, is you're switching off all your coping mechanisms as you get more courage. <clears throat> Allowing the Loch Ness Monster to emerge so you can fully see it and gaining courage as you see it, therefore recovering yourself, right? So if I've built all these coping mechanisms in that terror, in that freezing state, right, that frozen state, I've got coping mechanisms to deal with the monster and my coping mechanisms where I'm going to reinvent him and her, and filter them out to something else. Then all the filters are being taken off and they are truly being seen for who they are. In that moment, <clears throat> I have gotten myself back. In that moment, you recover your power. You're no longer frightened of it, you can face it. You no longer need your coping strategies and your, you know, your drugs and whatever it is, your filters. You don't need any of those tools anymore because you have gained the strength to see the truth and to no longer be attached to it. That's when you fully leave. You're still attached if your coping mechanisms are at their, you know, 100 zillion percent. <clears throat> they're solid, they're fully on, they're constantly, you know, showering dirt with, you know, with light. They're still black. The only way you get that power and your light back is by leaving completely. By seeing, oh shit, there was no home. There never was. There was just this, you know, manipulative piece of shit. I can see it. I can face it. I can even sit in these ceremonies and let that energy that was graffitied and branded into my energetic field to be released. And I don't know what lies at the end of it, but I know it's not this. I finally know this is not it. This was never home. I couldn't see it though. So you're reclaiming your power by being in your shadow, facing the horrors or whatever it is, and releasing your coping mechanisms. What happens after that, I don't know. But I do know there's a bigger clearing. <clears throat> I'm not the attachments anymore because I'm not the coping strategy. Oh, if I don't need to hold on to, I don't have to build coping mechanisms, and I can be with this huge terror and monster or whatever, and it no longer keeps me in submission, then I have a bigger space in the universe, right? <clears throat> I can no longer be smothered by the dark. I don't live in a, you know, in a in a cloud of soot and darkness and blackness.
it's clearing. It's not that you're afraid of life, <clears throat> it's that you got terrified early on and have been sitting paralyzed in the terror of your child has been terrified. It's not you that's terrified. It's your the moment it happened. That's when the, you know, you were glazed over. You were frosted over. It is almost like being a, a fossil, right? It has to be unearthed. That terror was a freezing, like when, you know, the earth just froze, right? The whole place just like went into like a, a deep freeze. That's what terror is like. A deep freeze. <clears throat> and the ayahuasca comes in and basically pulls you out of that burial ground. And it is a burial ground. <coughs> of both terror, agreement of them, and refusal of you. So the whole thing is really, that's it. It's a test of love. You have to know what love is for you. It's a commitment to loving yourself back into existence. And they didn't do any of the loving. That's just why you're, you know, terrified and frozen. So you have to do the loving for you to get yourself out. You have to love yourself enough that you're willing to sit through 10,000 monsters and whatever. And it's almost like you're willing to die for you. You know, you're willing to go into that, that den of horrors and face everything. That's how much love you have for yourself. That's how much love you didn't get. So I suppose that's it's like a test of your, the love for yourself. And if you've never known love and you're terrified, it's a big deal. When you have to turn around and realize that <clears throat> what you've done in the name of darkness, let me tell you, you're not looking that good, right? But you're willing to do all of that because you're willing to bring yourself home and love yourself back. <clears throat> and you're basically tearing out the person that took you over, that you agreed to, that you were, you know, doing, that. for me it was doing their bidding, you know, pretending, trying to make their life for them. And then, you know, participating in all the horrors that they did to you, which is manipulation and game playing. So <clears throat> I have a lot of apologies, you know, are in order. And I can recognize very clearly where it was, I was shut down. I was just doing his work. Again, it doesn't matter if even if it's the slightest, uh, the, an injury doesn't have to be, oh, I killed somebody or I hurt them. Or, no, it's, it can be the slightest manipulation. It's, it's, 
It's the intention. You know, there is an end here. I need to fulfill it. I'll do anything to get to that, to make sure I get that fulfilled. Because behind me is, you know, the monster that's basically, if I don't make him happy, I'm going to die. So you're, 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 you're giving up all these attachments, all this horrible, vile, dark, twisted, um, very twisted, very... Ugh, I just think about it, it's like gross. I can't believe I, half the shit I did. In the name of trying this, to get someone to be my parent. It's horrific. <clears throat> and so now in this sort of post-seeing light that you can love yourself, you can feel the tenderness of your child, you can acknowledge your little boy, your little girl, honor and respect it see that it was, you know, terrified by this, by whatever the situation was for you, and, you know, embrace and love who you are. Now you're in this huge echo chamber of a stadium in a way, right? It's like, well, I can finally say, well, what is the truth of me? And you can call for it, right? You can say, right, well, so now I did, you know, you've done the disentangling, you've wrestled with this monster, you've, you know, walked the shores of evil, really. You see that you've been trapped. You see how you agreed with the dark, how you became a disciple of that darkness. I've never had that experience of being in the most authentic place ever. And my friend said something the other day which I thought was really powerful. She had a very powerful hypnotic session with this guy. And she said to me, I was finally in my body. And I get it because when I'm in these ceremonies and the stuff is being poured out of me, it is the stuff of um, of of the horror I grew up with, and the the person like this man literally sort of was branded himself into my energetic field with terror and fear, right? and made me it was like a puppet on a string. So I've never actually been, I don't know fully what that's like just to be in my body, to know, to move from just pure truth, from pure authenticity, from pure divinity in a way, because your authenticity is your divinity. Right? In that untainted, pure essence that you are. And I suspect that's when all the pieces have come together, right? Your fragmentation is no longer fragmented, now you're whole. It's a process, it's a real, it's in the same way that you're frozen, the dissolve is also a process of, you know, putting you back together. I remember in a ceremony, it was about, about a year ago, I think, perhaps, 
and the whole ceremony was I was just making a circle. It was like, you know, this is what's next. We're going to make you whole. Um, I think the ayahuasca is so clever. One of the... Um, <clears throat> One of the things that the ayahuasca did, which is really, for me, I think was pertinent and incredibly smart. What, you know, so you can go into the past and into the future with the ayahuasca. In other words, yeah, she's going to take you into the past so you can relive. <clears throat> so there is a mechanism that gets you there. I don't know how it works. Don't, don't know that, no idea. But the good thing for me is that I don't think I would have struggled as hard to keep going through these kind of the seven layers of hell had I not, had not seen some pretty powerful images of, you know, of the future, of not me no longer being there. So that's a wonderful thing about the ayahuasca. She's very clever. So for me to go into the deepest, darkest caverns of this thing, which is to have your own parent sell you and then make himself into a big shot because he has you as a product, which is horrific. I don't think I've gotten, could have gotten that deep or been as courageous as I have had to be to see all this had I have not seen a little glimpse of a potential future, which is me without any of this, right? So the, the way the ayahuasca works is she knows what you're going to go into. I didn't know what I had to go and see. She's the light. She sees all of it, right? So if you're worried about, oh, my God, if it's so awful, I won't be able to face it. And, you know, what am I going to do? It's kind of bleak. It's the end. The ayahuasca is very clever at shoring you up with love, with love, really with guides, with, so that you're not, you're going accompanied into these, into this thing. Remember, you were a child when it happened, so the terror is, is huge, it's, it's, it's massive. And in order for you to keep willing to surrender and to keep going deeper, and it's not easy, it's nothing easy about this. Um, not only do you have the love, the divine love, the divine connection, and I have all the plants. The plants come to me as Indians, so just amazing. I mean, I was in the gym the other day. I was like, I had these horses all around me. It's insane. It's the plants, right? I'm being protected. Is, you know, I saw myself coming out of the ground. I saw myself being really healed. And knowing that gave me, you know, the courage to keep moving deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Because when you go face that thing, that person, that monster, that energy of evil and darkness, you know, they, you see it as dragons in stories. and It's no, it's a huge, I mean, you think building a business is difficult? Try go facing a devil. I mean, it's, and as a child, it's very difficult. That's necessarily why Harry Potter is such a big, thing because it's in everybody's psyche somewhere right the fight between the light and the dark and for me what was it was so 
refused. It was so it was it was so blacked out. The truth was so blacked out. And I was so in the in the belly of the beast and I had agreed to it and I was like I was at one with it that for her to wrestle me out of its clutches for me to leave that place was was a, a massive undertaking a massive massive undertaking because it wasn't just you have to see all this horror but then you have to see the person for who they are I mean, to drop the masks and all my filters and all my versions of them that, you know, had deified them and glorified them. Of course, I'd over zillion times overcompensated to be able to cope with living in hell. I kept making up a home, but there was no home. Okay. So for me to, 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 to even begin to accept that there was something wrong was a big deal. And, you know, she's going to help you wrestle your way out of that entangled story and version of them. And, and both of them, because I had two parents, even though, again, my mother was pulled in as, an, as a child, more or less. She was 18, but she might as well have been 12. The trick was on everyone. Um, but everybody was glued to the darkness, right? So one of you has to, you know, get out. And if you get out, you kind of leave all of it because everybody's still in that story. One of the, so one of the interesting things too was as a child, I had this huge missionary thing of having to save them. Well, I was really trying to save myself. By saving them, you know, I got fed, right? Um, I have no need to save anyone. The only person you have to save is you have to save yourself. Um, I think that's another great teaching is that before it's like everyone affects you, you have to fix everyone. And there's a lot of coping strategies which you then go and take out into the world on people. And it's a lot of work, and it's, it's hopeless, and it's pointless, and it comes from trauma, so what the fuck are you doing, right? So there's this marvelous relief of like, well, the universe, what I see from this is I have no power in this world. The universe does, right? You know, I, I, I can't fix anyone. It's not for me to fix anyone or to do anything. Fuck, right? I, I had to have the universe show up for me so I could you know, get myself out of the scramble of being caught in the dungeon of evil, all right? So she had to come and rescue me. <laughs> what power do I have? Like, none, right? Um, what a waste of time, right? No one's going to fix you. You have to fix yourself, right? I mean, the ayahuasca can, but I'm just saying it's like, I can't fix anything or anyone, right? That's a completely sort of delusional kind of coping mechanism of a child. Well, I can fix these adults. If I fix these adults, I've, you know, I have, I have to fix them. Like, how's a two-year-old, a three-year-old going to fix a fucking adult? Evil. Just, 
the great lesson is, you know, the power of this universe is huge. People, stuff is happening to people because it has to, right? I can try to save, if I'm a doctor, I can try to save you by fixing some broken bit of you. But there's no security on that. I mean, you know, you might go into the operating theater and die because they're not in control. We all have a certain amount of control. We don't. We don't. So that's a great oh, relief, like, oh, great. You know what? Everybody's going to show up with their shit. It's their shit. No, I don't have to fix it. It's their shit. Yeah, it's great. The universe, you know, can take care of it. Or they can, or, you know, somebody can take responsibility, but it's not my... And that's one of the things that I grew up with. It's like it was my responsibility to save this family. That's insane. So that's a great relief. It's like you're relieving all these energetic kind of like sacks of potatoes it's like oh great that's not mine that's not mine it's like that you know good was that good year for whatever it's like i don't know was that i can't remember his name shreenas good or whatever i'm not that 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 and what's interesting is when i first started meditating i was meditating because i wanted to get to that place where they say the Zen monks get to, where it's just like, they're nothing, right? You just completely disappear. But that mindful journey got interrupted because I had a huge, massive boulder in front of me, um, which needed to be blown up. You know, it's like, I've spent like the last 25 years with this boulder that's just sitting in the middle of the road and I just get, can't get past it which is that's why the thing about spiritual bypassing is very easy it's like oh I'm going to get there through meditation meditation got me to ayahuasca because meditation got me to the place where I could finally see the boulder and the boulder was this like you know drooling thing in the attic that was I couldn't face that was keeping me prisoner. And who's, you know, I was bait for, I was doing its bidding, trying to save it. That's a spell, right? Somebody says, you know, I'm gonna terrify you, go do, you know, go. It's like those kids, you know, these soldiers in Africa and stuff, they're just taken, raided from the village and said, here's an AK-47, now go kill somebody in the other village. And here's some cocaine so you can get high whilst you're doing it and you won't care about what you do. It's horrific, it's the same thing. It's, the, so it's a soul loss and it's a soul theft. So it's great not to have that obligation. So when you're dissolving, you're living in relationship. So if you're, if you're tied up, if you're threaded in or loomed up with the predator or the, the abuser or whatever, then the first task is you have to disengage or you know unthread from it so you're you were built in relationship to it and when you dethread you're dethreading from the relationship with it so you're living in relationship you're always you're dethreading by taking yourself out of their energetic 
imprisonment. So hopefully eventually, once you're, all the threads are gone, there is just you. However that happens, you know, does it happen through forgiveness? I have no idea. I mean, I have no forgiveness in me, believe you, me at this point. If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But you have to honor and acknowledge um, the de-threading. It's like the person or the thing or the trauma is going into the distance. But you were built in relationship to the trauma. So you're just saying, it's, you're, you're kind of like denying, like you're giving up the trauma and reconnecting to yourself. So how this thing is happening is you're, as you say goodbye to the trauma and you give up the attachments to the trauma and the person, so you begin to reconnect with who you are. So the noise of them and all of that shit is disappearing. And you're arriving into that, I suppose that's the ultimate meditative state of you with yourself, right? It's like in my meditation practice, I got, you know, taken off the road because I met a massive boulder in the middle of the road, which I had no idea. The meditation took me to that boulder, right? It got me to seeing, to lifting the sum of the smoke so I could see, oh, fuck, there's a massive, great big boulder that I have to deal with that I had no idea was here. And then the next step is the ayahuasca basically, you know, helps you dissolve that huge, it's a blockage, boulder, whatever you want to call it. But the boulder has been, you've been threaded up with the blockage. So the blockage owns you because you're threaded with it and it's a trick and it's a game and it's a spell and whatever you want to call it. And you're owned by it. And then you have to disengage from it by leaving the basement and getting into a drone and seeing the whole perimeter of the castle and the events and the people and the truth of it because it was blacked out early on. So as you're leaving the attachment, you're dissolving the attachment, you're still living in relation to it. So, so I am not that, right? So if there's blackout and terror and fear early on, you're frozen with them in this sort of frozen tableau where they own you because of the terror. You dissolve the terror. You dissolve the child. By dissolving the terror, you dissolve the child. That means that you get your power back by facing the monster, by seeing the truth, by realizing, shit, I was born in hell. I was sent out to be sexually abused. He enjoyed the fact that I would happened. He got power from that. There was bullying. There was, I've got to live his life, whatever the fuck it is. So that's all pumped into this big boulder, right? You're right there, you're entangled, you're bundled with the abuse, you're bundled with the abuser, you're bonded by pure terror, but you're bonded. And as she dissolves and disentangles you, defrosts your child so she can come back or he can come back to life, face the terror of that monster, face the truth, relive the experiences. So, the trauma and the person lose their power. They dissolve. That's what the blockage is. It's dissolving the power and the stronghold over you because of the terror. 
and all your coping mechanisms are no longer needed here because the coping mechanisms are deny are not letting you see the truth you needed this coping mechanisms to survive the fact that you you know were dropped off in hell okay. so the attachment the trauma happened in relationship to somebody else's energy that kept you shackled to them through terror. You can't see them. They're apparent. You can't acknowledge the evil, the dark. You can't. You're having to survive that. This was not my family. Now I know for real. There is nowhere to go back to. They were the hell. I didn't you know, I was looking for home. There was no home there. I actually found home in the jungle with the ayahuasca and the shipibo. They were my guardians because they came to get me out of hell. What they showed me was unconditional love, day in, day out, ceremony after ceremony after ceremony after ceremony. It's like there was a trick somebody like you know dressed up as your parent and they showed up but they weren't really the parent like the little bed riding hood the grandma the wolf is all dressed up as a grandma but it's not really your grandma let's say the same thing with a the parent they're all dressed up as a parent but they've got the nose of a wolf right you can't see it because you're a child So the gift of this medicine, it came in and showed me the truth. As you're leaving this frozen tableau or this spell, it feels like a spell, right? You're being released out of the 10 million people in the stadium. Or you, you know, it's like finding Waldo. Where's Waldo? And there you are now. Wow, okay. I don't. That no longer has a hold over you because you no longer believe it. You're leaving the spell. It's safe. You know it's safe because the ayahuasca has shown up day after day after day after day to get you out of that spell. It loses its gravitational pull because the fear is being removed. The fear is the ice age, the freeze over, the deep freeze. I mean, you know, you still have to go make a bark, you still have to work, do whatever, but I'm talking about your internal, how you register life internally. That's all that matters is what's happening internally. And then there's the echoing of the silence. Well, what if my whole body isn't living in relationship to this threading and this trick and this spell and this darkness? Then who am I? Wow, you've got to really listen closely. You haven't heard your authenticity for a long time. 
I hadn't heard the sound of silence in a long time. I've been in a washing machine for 60 years. What is that like? What is, you have to listen very closely because before everything else would just come in and all the thoughts would come in and it would just take you right back into the washing machine. Now you have to listen very closely. It's like the train, it's coming closer and closer and closer and closer until eventually, hopefully, all of that graffitied dark energy goes and you are flooded back. It's like the floodgates are open so that your whole life force, the river of your truth kind of shows up again. That was my prayer, take me back to the river. I've been in this sort of taken out the river and put on the side here. I can finally see there were no parents. I was inventing everything. I was actually shackled up with the dark. And the learning is love. Genuine, authentic love. Not what I was before as an outcome, which is manipulation, right? Struggling into attachment. Attachment so that you become the thing that feeds off the other thing. That's how what I learned. We feed off you. You feed off things. You use them to get your shit done. It's very different to being in a state of tenderness and love, of authenticity. In one, you're fighting against the universe. You're trying to build your own separate energetic field. You're trying to change the state of affairs. Like, I'm trying to outdo the universe. It's like ridiculous. It's insane. That's what darkness does. It tries to trick the universe. So it will never work. Many may die in the name of it, but it will never work. Eventually, the light shows up somehow, somewhere. So the dark is always testing the light, always, always, always. And sometimes you're going to lose. Right? In this instance, yes, I was tricked by it, used by it. I became it in a way. I bonded with it. I did its stuff. It got me nothing but destruction and pain and suffering. I had to really get, I had to fully be thrown into the darkest, deepest caverns of this shit to wake the fuck up. I couldn't see it. The fuel was love. It's such an overused word, right? But just look at children and you see it over and over, how they respond I was on the street, there were these two little girls walking along the street, and they were so cute, and I just, and they sort of said something, and I said something to them, and you could just see their little faces light up, you know, I just said, wow, you're the sweetest, smartest, fiercest, pretty, their faces were just like, you're just feeding these little pieces of innocence with love, with, with what's already within them, 
You can either blossom the power of that divinity or you can dampen and stifle and steal it, tear it down. Now, the person that does it has their own dysfunction, has their own history of their own inherited crap. But it is for everyone to deal with it. It is not for me to fix my parents' crap. It is not for you to fix it. Right? No one can fix your crap. You have to volunteer to go in and do it. Right? So the process of defrosting is long, complicated, challenging, and a shit show, really. Like, who the fuck? But in the end, if that's what you've shown up for, you know, don't refuse it, like, accept it. You might stamp your feet every time you have to sit, do that, and it's like, no, this isn't this over, this is like 1-800, I want this thing over with. Cleanse it all out, because if you don't, it'll just pop up somewhere else. And you'll still be imprisoned. Bye.